Yes, Jesus Christ is alive. He rose from the dead, and that day, that Easter Sunday morning, that first Easter, when Mary and Mary Magdalene and Salome went to the grave expecting to anoint a dead body, they saw the angel sitting there, and they said, where is Jesus? The angel said, he is not here, he is risen. I submit to you tonight that that's the greatest news the world has ever heard. He is not here. He has conquered the grave. He's alive. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe that there's more proof that Jesus Christ rose from the dead than almost any other fact in Roman history. I don't believe there's a fact in ancient history today so well proven as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But even if there was no proof, no historical proof, no scientific proof, and there is, I would still believe it because I believe this book is God's inspired word and the whole early church went up and down the country preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was the thing that shook the Roman Empire that a man had risen from the dead, that he was alive, that death could not hold him. Christ is alive. He's a living Savior. Amen. Hey, Christ is alive. He is alive. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. We are so glad to have every single one of you guys joining us today. I'm, I'm Eric. My wife, Eric, and I were the lead pastors here at Alive. And man, this is our first Easter in our new facility. So I'm just kind of taking a moment to take it all in and experience uh, the resurrection of Christ with you guys. But um, I'm excited to dive in to God's word today because today is a day of hope. Today is a day of victory. He is alive. Jesus is alive. Let that statement just ring in our minds and our hearts today. You know, um, that's the reason we celebrate Easter. It's the resurrection of Christ. All the other stuff that surrounds it's fun and cute and all that great stuff, but man, we, we cannot lose the true meaning of Easter. He is alive. And, and I know that statement uh, can be controversial. He is alive. Well, well really? Is he? Right? In a room this size, I believe that, hey, there might be, you might find yourself in a bunch of different categories here. As I was doing uh, some research this week and just looking at what the statistics said, uh, Lifeway, which is a Christian organization that does research on just religion and people's faith and whatnot, they did a study a couple years ago, and, and it was interesting. You can show them this slide, but uh, they asked the question, do you believe in the biblical accounts of the physical resurrection? They believe that they are accurate. And uh, 66%, two-thirds of Americans actually claim to believe that Jesus did raise from the dead. I was like, okay, all right. And then they went on and one in five, so 20% totally disagree with the resurrection. And then there was 14% that weren't sure. And so the, the phrase, he is alive, to the atheist, it's foolishness. To the agnostic, it's confusing, it's unknown. But to the Christian, to the believer, it is everything. It is everything. It's what our faith hinges on. The Apostle Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 13 and 14. He said, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless 
and so is your faith. Without the resurrection, what do we have to celebrate? Right? I mean, the resurrection of Jesus is absolutely crucial to our Christian faith and to strengthen that faith, right? Because if we don't have the resurrection, what do we have? Because here's the deal. The most central figure and, and character of the Bible is Jesus, right? And Jesus, when he walked this earth and when he was alive, he said, I am going to die for you. And he said, by the way, I am going to raise three days later. So if Jesus did not raise from the dead, then he's just another crazy man. Because he went around claiming to forgive sins and being the son of God and healing people and doing miracles all because of what? If he didn't raise. But if, mind you, if Jesus did raise from the dead, then he's exactly what God's word says about him. That means he's King Jesus. That means he's Lord and Savior, right? That means he can actually help our lives and change us from the inside out because he did what he said he was going to do. And so the majority of people, I was kind of just like staggered by that. I'm like, wow, there's like a good majority of people that believe in the Easter story, the true Easter story. But my heart kind of began to break this week as I began to pray because if we're all honest, we know that although we might know about the story of Easter, or we might believe maybe in the resurrection of Jesus, how many times do we not let it impact our own lives? Make it personable, right? I had some thoughts this week as I was pondering, right? What, what's, what's the deal with this? Why, why do we know about it, but it doesn't really do anything for us? Um, a lot of times it's just a thought, or it's a, it's a story, or it's a good-sounding theory, or it's cute, right? Um, other times... Uh, the, the power of the resurrection has not been experienced. This morning, I want us to not know about Easter and not know the story, but I want us to experience what resurrection power looks like in our own lives. I want you to experience what resurrection looks like in your marriage. I want, I want you to experience what resurrection looks like in your family and your relationships. I want you to experience what the power of the resurrection looks like for your physical health, your mental health, your well-being your careers, your businesses? What does the resurrection power do for your kids in this next generation? That's what we want to do because here's what I know. When you experience the power of the resurrection, it becomes personal. Amen? Today, let Easter and the resurrection become personal. Personable to you and I that we'd actually experience it in a powerful way. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Philippians 3.10. He said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, right? And then he goes on, in the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. And so guys, my goal today in my short time up here is not to try to prove or convince you that the resurrection happened or didn't happen. I think a majority of us in this room believe that to some extent, or not, maybe you're open to that, you're here, or maybe you're searching and you want answers. We're so glad you're here because we have people from all walks of faith and walks of life here. And I believe this is a place where we can come and learn, amen? We can come ask the hard questions. We can wrestle with what is truth and how does it change us. But today, I believe that my mission here today is to make the biggest moment in Christian history personal to you. To make it personal. Because when it's personal, it's powerful. Amen? And so if you would join me as we're about to open God's word this morning, if you just join me in a moment of prayer as we open our hearts and we open our minds to receive from God's word this morning. Father, we love you so much. 
We worship you. We praise you. We give you all the glory today. Today is Resurrection Sunday. The tomb is empty. He's not here. He is risen, is what the angel told those first believers. And Father, we thank you that we have right to celebrate today. But Lord, I pray that more than just another Easter service, more than just a religious routine or a feel-good that we went, Father God, that today you would become more real and more personable and more present in all of our hearts and our lives. That Easter wouldn't be a great theory or story, but Easter would be the thing that changed every single one of our lives. And so today, as we lean into your word, Holy Spirit, would you customize today's message? And would you make it personable? And Lord God, may we apply it to our lives. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed said, amen. Question for you guys. How many of you guys know it's, it's, it's one thing to know something about something, But how many of you guys know it's so much different and it's on a whole nother level when you actually experience something? Amen? There's so many examples of that. Some of you guys experienced that this morning already if you have little ones. Or if you don't, maybe you did this. It's one thing to know that Reese's eggs are really good. Amen? It's a whole nother thing to experience that chocolate and that peanut butter goodness wrapped up in egg form for yourself. Amen? Amen? How many of you guys have, uh, be honest, you've had a Reese's egg before you came today, all right? Reese's eggs for breakfast? No, all right. Y'all need to go get you some Reese's eggs. It's better to experience it than just hear about how great it was for somebody else, right? Let's talk about finances for a second, right? It's one thing to know and hear about how great it is to be debt-free or to have millions of dollars in the bank, right? That's one thing to know about that. But how many of you know, maybe not a lot of us, know When you experience being debt-free, hello, or you experience having millions in the bank and you're set financially, that's a different experience. It's one thing to know about something. It's it's actually another thing to experience it, right? Any sports fans in the room today? Yeah? All right. Hey, it's one thing to know that winning a championship is awesome, right? That's cool. It's a completely other thing when you actually experience winning a championship for yourself or you're part of a winning team, right, or you hit the winning shot. It's one thing to talk about it. It's a whole other thing to experience it. And I think we all agree on these things, but in a similar way, I beg you this. It's one thing to know about Jesus and his resurrection, but it's a completely different thing to experience it, right? Because, again, when you experience it, it becomes life-changing. When you experience it, you begin to experience the power of it, and it actually makes a difference in your life, right? It becomes personal, and it actually does something for you. I love this. Many of Jesus' closest followers, they knew about him, and they followed him, and they even knew that before he left, he said, guys, get this. I'm about to die. They're like, no, no, no. He's like, yeah, I'm about to die. I have to. It's God's will. And I'm going to raise three days later. All right, so they they heard this, but did they really hear it? They had not experienced yet until the very first Resurrection Sunday, the very first Easter morning. And so for the remainder of our time, I want to go look at a few examples from God's Word of people experiencing the resurrection and what it did in their life. Amen? Because I believe we can find ourselves somewhere in the narrative, somewhere in the story where we can find ourselves and relate to where they were at or what was keeping them from the truth of the gospel and help us in our own relationship. Amen? So the first area I want to go to is Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 6. We'll have the words on the screen as well if you don't have a Bible. Mark 16, 1 through 6. This first group 
is the ladies. Any ladies in the room this morning? Hey, ladies. You got to see and experience the resurrection first. Gentlemen, ladies first, right? Okay. Um, Mark 16, 1 through 6 says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him, anoint Jesus. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb uh, when the sun was, had risen, and they said amongst themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? For when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they, they were alarmed. He said to them, do not be alarmed, or do not be afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they've laid him. So they find an angel, and they find an empty tomb, and he goes, Psst, he's alive! Right? And they're like, what in the world? Now, now here's the deal. Moments before this moment, they did not believe in the resurrection of Jesus. You know how we can conclude that? Logically, they were on their way to anoint his dead body. That's what they did back culturally, right? They had the spices. Therefore, they were in their mind saying, we're going to get to the tomb, and the body of Jesus is still going to be there, right? You guys following me? You guys tracking? So they did not believe that he had risen, even though he told all of his followers this. And then they show up, and they're like, oh, man, he's gone. Where's his body? And the stone had been rolled away, right? They, they, they had doubt. They're like, who's going to roll away the stone? Because they expected the stone to still be there. Man, I think if we're not careful, we can have a posture towards Resurrection Sunday, towards Easter, just like this group of ladies here, not expecting much from today. You know what? This is just another Easter, Easter 2023. What's the big deal? Another excuse to get dressed up or take a cute photo in front of the photo booth or, you know, have a nice meal, right? But man, when you experience the power of the resurrection, it becomes personal. It changes everything, right? And it rolls away stones, right? I, I think our low expectations sometimes of God, and especially on Resurrection Sunday, can be like a stone blocking us from all of God's best for our life. And so I ask you, as we do some self-reflection in the midst of this point today, what are some of the stones that stand in the way of you experiencing God's presence, God's power in your life? Maybe it's fear. Fear of what if I'm wrong? Fear of what if people make fun of me or I don't know about this, right? Maybe, maybe it's lack of understanding. Just you, You're not sure. You don't understand all of this, and that's okay. We're on a journey. Sometimes it's something from your past. Something that you did or something that somebody did to you, guilt and shame, keeping you like a stone away from the truth that Jesus is alive and he wants good things for you. Come on, it could be anything in this room. But here's what I want us to remember from this point. It's this, that the resurrection removes the barriers that keep us from God. The resurrection removes the barriers that keep us from God. Today, let those stones that keep you away from a relationship with Jesus or a more intimate relationship with the Father be rolled away because today he is alive. Someone say, he is alive. The second group of people, I want to look at two guys by the names of Peter and John, all right? And we see their story here in John chapter 20. Now, after, after Mary Magdalene experiences this, she runs back and she tells Peter and John, she's like, yo, he's gone, like, 
he's not there. He's not in the tomb. And they're like, shoot, we got to go see this. So we pick up in John chapter 20, starting verse 3. It says, Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, which we found out is John, and were going to the tomb. And they both ran. Everybody say ran. They, we're going to come back to that. They both ran together. And the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him, and he went to the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief which had been around his head, lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in place by itself. Then the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw, and he believed. For yet, as they had not known the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead, then the disciples went away again to their own home. So we see Peter and John hustling, getting some run in their step to get to the resurrection tomb, right? Side note, some of you guys didn't know this, but John, the other disciple, actually won the very first Easter morning 5K. It says it right here. And the winner of the hippity hop first annual Easter 5K is the disciple that Jesus loved the most, John. Come on up to the podium. Oh, you didn't see that in your Bible. Sorry. They ran. Peter started in front. He ended second, right? God bless Peter, right? A little too many Reese's eggs. Praise God. It's all good. And so they ran. I don't know. When I was reading this this week, I was like, certain things pop out different years than others. They didn't walk. They didn't casually stroll. They ran to the tomb. They ran to God. They ran to Jesus to see the miracle of the resurrection. And that's what I think is one of the most beautiful things about Easter for all of us, and it's this, that it, the resurrection invites us to run towards God. The resurrection invites us, gives us an invitation to take a step closer to our, our God, to an understanding of who God is, to, to experience Jesus in a more full and intimate way to draw close to him, to acknowledge that he is alive, that, that the tomb is empty, the, to experience the power of the resurrection in our own lives, to chase after King Jesus and experience him for ourselves. Easter, man. And so, question for you. Are you running to or are you running from God this morning? Did you find yourself here and you're like, I don't know, I just randomly am here. But maybe, maybe you feel like you're a million miles away from God. The resurrection is an invitation to take a step towards God. And I would beg you this, according to the scripture, to run towards God. To see for yourself, to experience for yourself his goodness, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his joy, his peace that he has for you. You see, I, I beg to differ. Some, some of you this morning, you're here on drugs. Someone's like, what are you talking about? Let me explain. You got drugged to church. You didn't want to be here. Your wife made you come, or your dad made you come, your mom came, your family. It'd be awkward if I just ate and run, went to the meal. They want me to go to their church. Okay, I'll be here, right? Let's just be real, all right? Some of you, I, I could be sleeping right now. When is this tall dude with a lot of energy with no coffee in him going to be quiet? We got to beat the other churches to Cheryl's place. Simon roll French toast. For those of you guys that are new, I talk about food every sermon somehow. The Lord says, taste and see that he's good. It's one of my best words. Amen? Taste him. You didn't want to come. 
For some of you, you've been stiff-arming God, you've been running from him, you've been dis- disowning him, you've been displaining him, uh, logically conducing and, 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 and figuring out, hey, he's not real, this is all a fairy tale, this is hocus-pocus, this is a bunch of feel-good stuff, right? And you've been stiff-arming God. But I beg to differ, what if, what if it was true? What if the tomb still really is empty? Can anybody show me Jesus' dead body today and point to it and say, he, he didn't raise from the dead? Can you? What if God is calling us to run towards him today, this Easter? And maybe you're here and you're like, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I have been for years. Maybe our invitation is to get a little giddy up in our step towards Jesus. Amen? Maybe we got a little lazy or lax and like, yeah, I'm down with Jesus. I love him. But now it's time to run. You know what I'm saying? Like, we run after Jesus. We take steps and we take strides. Easter is an invitation to run towards God at a faster clip. And I know what the word says. The Bible says when you draw near to God, he what? He draws near to you. You take a step, he runs five miles. He's just happy to have you on the journey. And so maybe this Easter, it's the one that you stop running in the wrong direction. Or begin to just be open to some of these things in your life. Maybe, maybe you start running in that new direction towards God and experience the resurrection for yourself because he is alive. Someone say he is alive. The last person in character I want to look at is Thomas. Also known as Doubting Thomas. That's a bad way to be remembered. Whew. You see, Thomas wasn't with the original disciples when Jesus first revealed himself to them after he rose from the dead. So Thomas, like, I ain't buying this dead man walking talk that everybody's all excited about. I haven't seen Jesus. I don't think he rose from the dead, right? So he was doubting it, and he's like, prove it. He was having a real hard time expecting that there was a man that was dead who was placed in the tomb, and now three days later he was not there and he was risen. Right? I think like many of us, logically, we'd be like, well, somebody stole him or they made up a story or whatever. The Bible addresses all that too, by the way, if, if you get into some of that. But the fact of the matter is, Thomas doubted at first. But eight days later after the resurrection, Thomas becomes a believer. Let's take a look at how the resurrection became personal and real and powerful for Thomas. We see this in John chapter 20, verses 26 through 29. It says, and after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them, and Jesus came, and the doors being shut, and he stood in the midst of them and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Powerful interaction with his Lord and Savior. Jesus reveals himself both naturally and supernaturally to Thomas. Naturally in the form of, see the holes in my hands, dude? See the the hole in my side? Put your finger there for yourself. And supernaturally, I think we just read through these. Did you remember what it said in scripture? The doors were shut and then Jesus stood in the midst of them. Hello, right? Like, in case you didn't think I was real, boo, right? Like, I just walked through a door that was closed, right? Naturally and supernaturally, Jesus reveals himself to Thomas. Why? So that Thomas could believe. I'm here today, and man, I just feel this so strongly. 
God wants you to believe more than any of us want you to believe. God loves you so much. God wants you to believe the truth that he is and will always be the one who saved the world. He is the way to truth, to peace, to life, to hope, to happiness. The world offers a lot of different things that numb the pain or put a facade on things. But there's always a God-shaped hole in our heart. And, before, and until we ever get that right, we'll always be searching for more or for love or an acceptance or a promotion or position that only God can fill in our lives. And so my last point here is this. The resurrection gives us a reason to believe. Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday gives us, you and I, a reason to believe. Because Jesus is alive, that means his resurrection power is alive and it's available to all who call upon his name, to all who believe in him. God, get this, God took on human flesh, right, in the form of Jesus, said he would die and raise three days later, and he did. Boom. Mic drop. Don't do it, right? It's over. It is finished. The resurrection helps unbelievers become believers. It removes all doubt. The resurrection also helps us as believers become more intimate believers with Christ, to really experience a personal relationship with him. And so are you like Thomas this morning? Maybe you find yourself and you're like, man, I relate with Thomas. I'm just a doubter. I just, I don't know about this whole church thing, this Jesus thing. I was there in my own life at one time. Many of us were. Let the Resurrection Sunday, let Easter 2023 be a little different. Let it hit a little different this year and give you an invitation to become a believer, to experience the realness and the power of the resurrection. Maybe you're here and you're like, I'm good. Me and Jesus are good. Then maybe let it make you believe even more and care enough about somebody in your life who does not believe yet and be sold out for Christ until you see that person come and find the truth that you've experienced. Amen? If this really is good news, we can't keep it to ourselves. It's for everyone. It's for all. And so, worship team, would you guys uh, begin to prepare here? I'm, 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 as they say down in Tulsa, I'm fixing to close, but I don't know why that came up, because we went to Bible school in Tulsa for two years. Sorry. Um, there's a little bit of South that comes up every now and then. Um, fixing. Resurrection Sunday. He is alive. Guys, here's the good news. God's still rolling stones today. He's still rolling barriers, removing barriers between you and I and our relationship with him. Guess what? He's still worthy to run after. He's still worthy to experience. And he's still a God who is revealing himself to us and wants us to believe. We just must apply ourselves and experience him in a powerful way. And so um, today, my prayer is that Easter isn't religious, but it's an invitation to a, and for a, a personal relationship with a God in heaven who loves you, who's crazy about you, and wants relationship with you. And so today, as we close Easter service, we're not going to just buzz on out of here. We're going to let us have some space and some time to reflect on where we're at with God and to experience personally the power and the presence of God, to, to experience the resurrection, to make it personable for us. Make it personal. 
What do you need from God right now? What questions do you got for God right now? What's hurting on your heart right now? What do you need resurrection power on in your life? We're going to have the team lead us in two songs. And it will all just kind of be a free-flowing moment. I just... I want to give you Easter. This is your Easter, right? Just as much as our Easter. I want to give you space to celebrate, to, to praise, to, to worship, to cry out, to, to encounter God in whatever way you see fit. And so in this next time, we're, it's like an anything kind of goes type moment here. And, and what I mean by that is if you just need to stay at your seat and let the team minister to you, let the lyrics minister to you, awesome. If you want to stand to your feet and worship and sing along, Awesome. If you need to get some space and get out of your seat and you want to come on down to the front of the altar and just kind of lay before the Lord and have a moment with him, awesome. If you want to remember Jesus' sacrifice for your sins, we actually have communion elements in the back here, uh, to your back left in the corner there. They're on the table there. And it's self-serving today. So you can take communion back there. You can take the elements and bring it back to your seat. And, and when you're ready, partake of communion, the body, the broken body for you and the blood that cleanses us. But let's take a moment not to rush out into our next family gathering or our picture or whatever and just say, God, what are you doing? What are you speaking to my heart today? Because when the resurrection becomes personal, it becomes powerful in your life. And so let's not let this moment pass us by. And so I'm going to invite the team to sing. And again, you guys can stand, you can sit. Uh, the first song is more slower paced and, and more reflective. The second one was going to build. And I, I just see us all, I just kind of pray this morning. I'm like, man, I see us all just worshiping and hailing King Jesus as we end today before we finally pray. And then Erica comes up to close. But in these next few minutes, wherever you're at, would you spend some time with God today or cry out to him maybe for the first time or ask him those questions you have and let him reveal himself to you. Let's, let's 